0: Hey guys, welcome back to episode two. Can you believe it? We are officially official in our second episode of this podcast. Um, Okay, so I'm sitting down, I just had breakfast, and I had this whole plan that I had typed out a couple days ago on what I wanted to talk about today, my bullet points, my notes, stuff like that. And as I'm getting ready to start recording, I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's not what we're going to talk about today. Um so we're going to take a quick left and I I have we I want to talk about a topic that is just near and dear to my heart and I feel like our generation has really started to do well about talking more about this. Um but for the longest time a lot of people have just kind of shied away from it and and I still myself included I still do find it hard to talk about because who likes to talk about their weaknesses or things that ail them? And um so today we're gonna talk about depression. Because people who deal with depression, they have to know that they're not alone. We have to know that there's support. We have to know that there are other people out there who are willing to help and who've been through, you know, been through this and um I was thinking, you know, a little step further that like in my family, um, there's, you know, there is a, some sort of like mental, um, we deal with mental health a lot in, in my family. And I've been realizing this more as I grow up, just kind of looking at my family tree and, and knowing which relatives I have and, and myself included who, you know, sometimes more often than not are not doing okay mentally. And, you know, a lot of it had to do with our childhoods. You know, we, we weren't all raised in the best way. And, um, I love my mom. She is literally my hero. Um, but we still grew up in an environment that wasn't emotionally safe. And this was not her at all. She did her best. Don't get me wrong. Um, But as a child, when when you don't have somewhere, or at least when when your home is not your safe place, you kind of withdraw into yourself and you find your own safe place with yourself. You hide away a lot of things. You hide away a lot of pieces of yourself. And um, when you go through things that no child should have to go through, it obviously changes you. So, um, you know, I know that depression comes in all shapes and sizes and for so many different reasons a lot of it can be chemical a lot of it can be trauma any type of trauma childhood adulthood um family trauma religious trauma I understand all of those things um but today I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of a peek of um just my own experience and yeah and just moving forward from there so basically um Something that I've been thinking about a lot just as a mom is it is so important to create a good, healthy environment for our kids, to give them the best chance in any type of life. We could be living in poverty. We could be living in a country where we don't know the language. We could be living in. somewhere where it's 105 degrees all year long like we could be living in places that are just not ideal but if you have an environment at home that is a safe a consistent safe space an emotional safe space an oasis for your children then you are setting them up for success regardless of the situation that you're in and I am a firm believer in that so anyways um As I'm getting older, I'm realizing that, you know, certain tendencies that I have and certain, um, just like a really deep lack of motivation sometimes (laughs) has to do with depression. And once I realized that, I want to say it's been a couple years now. And it was because I had a girl at work who, um, she was dealing with postpartum depression and she was talking to me about certain things that she felt and just, um, you know, like, like, uh, really like, uh, what is, what am I trying to say? Um, going through the motions, going through the motions of life every day, waking up because you have to going to work because you have to eating because you have to sleeping because you have to all of those things and not finding actual joy in them over and over and over again. And sometimes it's for certain periods of time. Sometimes it's for a year. Sometimes it's for a day. And you know, my ladies know, sometimes it's just for a couple days a month. But um, when I had that conversation with her, it was like a light bulb turned on. And I was like, holy moly, you were explaining my life. You're explaining things that I've dealt with. And I thought that was just me. I thought that was just my personality, my lack of drive sometimes was just me. And I realized that no, there's a chemical imbalance sometimes, um, in me dealing with what I'm dealing with. And I do block out a lot of things. If I get too stressed about something, I do tend to push it aside and ignore it for as long as I possibly can. And I do realize that that is what weighs on me. So over the last year or so, that's been something that I've been working on, but, um, just in general. So backstory, obviously didn't grow up in the best home environment. Um, I ended up moving out and just kind of living on my own. I I cut contact with my family for just a very short amount of time. And after I moved out, things got healthier again. So um, yeah, my mom passed away a couple years ago. And um, I went through some trauma after I had my son as well. But things are kind of On the upstroke now. Um, But I do, even talking about it now, I can feel my voice getting shaky. I can feel emotions kind of coming up, and I am shoving it back down just to get through this episode. But um, so I, okay, I'm doing some research and I wanted to just kind of talk about a couple different types of depression. So obviously we all know there's the major depression and these are symptoms that are severe enough to last six months or longer. And if they're untreated, it can have a really big impact on someone's life. Like people can't hold jobs anymore. They can barely get out of bed. They don't even like daylight, like a lot of things like that. Right. And then we have our bipolar disorder and we have, um, postpartum depression. Um, so those are things that are, are more talked about now as well. Um, But there's two things that I was reading about that, you know, a lot of people might know about it, but I just didn't really think it was as much of a thing until I was reading. Um, So the first one was, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but it's dysthymia. And so what it says is it's not as disabling as major depression, but it does have depressive symptoms that make it difficult for the patient to function normally. And then some people who have this may also experience intermittent periods of major depression. And then there's the other seasonal depression. Um, So it occurs usually as a result of lack of sunlight during autumn and winter, and then it usually clears up during spring and summer. So um, those are just kind of the main ones that I was kind of looking through and just seeing, hmm, wonder what, I wonder what I am going through. (laughs) Um. So for me, I don't necessarily know if it's a seasonal thing, but I do think I have like dyssemia. I, trust me, I know I'm just babbling at this point. Please do not trust me as a medical professional because I am not at all. But I personally like to hear experiences. Like I said, in my last podcast, I'm not a researcher. I love to hear firsthand experiences on everything, medication, vacations, um, jobs. Like I like to hear from the people who are just like me going through it and, um, visiting those places, all of these things. I like to hear firsthand experiences from normal people. So that's what I'm here to give you. Um, okay. So now that I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this is stuff like on days where I physically cannot move. I don't want to get out of bed. I have physical energy, but I have no mental energy. Um, I'm just curious on, you know, what's causing that. So then I'm like, okay, this is what I relate to. Um, another reason which I fully believe is something that I do is, like I said earlier, I shove things down. I'm avoiding a lot of things. And mentally, there's only so much your body's going to allow you to shove away before it starts affecting you physically. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm working on, like I said. But recovery plans. So cool. You don't have major depression. You feel lame for even just saying you have depression because you know you know a lot of people have it worse than you you know, you've dealt with your trauma, or maybe you didn't have any trauma that you can even think of. That doesn't mean that what you're feeling isn't real. And that doesn't mean that your own experience is not worth looking into or worth talking about or worth support. Um, So that's something I'm realizing. However, very, very, very simple changes to make to help out with this, um, which is something that I'm starting to do and something that I've heard from so many friends is so helpful. So um, number one, vitamin D. Go outside, even if it's just for five minutes. Just get some sunlight and start your day that way. Because when you start your day by being outside with the fresh air, hearing the birds, getting some sun, that's already going to put you in the right place mindset to tackle the day okay number two make your bed and it's a mental thing it's 100% a mental thing but when you get out of bed and you make your bed you already accomplished something and that's just gonna set you already on the right path to start accomplishing more you're already gonna have the mindset of cool I did this what's next okay number three and this is very important a healthy diet now I'm not talking diet. I'm talking just how you eat diet. Um, focus on what's nourishing your body. So our proteins, our vegetables, our vegetables are so important. Our fruits do. And I don't want to hear no, none of you fruit is sugar. Fruit is bad for you. No, it's not your fruits. Um, you do need carbs. You need your energy, but Staying away from fried food, staying away from sugar as much as we can, maybe staying away from from starches, you know, as much as we can as well. But, you know, really focusing on the protein, the vegetables and water, drinking our water a gallon a day is ideal for most people. So having that goal, it becomes easier and easier the more you do it and you crave it and your body is so grateful for it. <laughs> Take my word. Um, number three, exercise. So getting even just 30 minutes of exercise, a 30 minute walk a day. First of all, you're outside. Second of all, or maybe you're on the treadmill watching your favorite show, whatever it is, just moving your body is going to get your blood flowing. It's going to just, it gives you endorphins. Everyone knows about that. So it's going to put you in a better mindset in general. Um, and what was the last thing? I forget. Um, I talked about free, I talked about exercise. Um uh, oh sleep. Having a good amount of sleep. Now, some people are better at night, and that's fine. I'm not gonna say don't be a night owl. Be a night owl, but make sure you're getting a good amount of sleep. And it does vary for people. Some people can thrive off of four hours, some people need a good eight. So just make sure you're getting the right amount of sleep for your body. And when you wake up you should feel energized. You shouldn't have overslept, you know I'm not going to get too far into it, but, um, so those things are very important. Now, say you start doing all those things and you're still like, screw the world. I want to get back in bed. Sometimes, not all the time. And I'm not like a medical advocate necessarily. I don't really trust medicine half the time. Um, I do have a healthy fear of doctors and hospitals and stuff like that, but, um, maybe it is time to look into, other supplements or medicine or a therapist or things like that that can help. Um, Sometimes your friends are the best place to go. Sometimes they're not. So it's just recognizing that first of all, you're acknowledging what you have and what you're going through. Once you start taking baby steps to make a change, then you can start working on the big stuff. Then you can start talking about what you're going through and talking about what you're coming out of and, and things like that, that are going to help you to keep going. And also giving yourself a break. Say you've made a month's worth of progress. And then the next day comes and you're like, I do not want to get out of bed. Trust your body sometimes. Listen to what it's telling you. Sometimes you need the rest. Sometimes you need to recover and that's okay too. So give yourself that time and the next day wake up and start fresh. Brush that day off of you. Brush the morning off of you. Brush a hard conversation off of you and get up and start fresh all over again. Um, so for me, depression doesn't look like me sitting in a dark room all day. It doesn't look like me blasting emo music, even though my high school self very much did that. Um, I don't self-harm, I don't do any of those things, but depression for me sometimes is just not having any motivation to tackle the day. Even with my kid, even with my friends, nothing. Nothing like that helps. So just recognize that sometimes It's okay for you to take a step back and self-evaluate. And depression for you might look like something that it doesn't look like to anybody else. So keep that in mind as well. But at the end of the day, you have support. You have people who are willing to help you. And if you don't have those people who you can go to -to face-to-face, you have me. I'm here. Reach out to me. I promise I will try to be there for as many people who reach out to me as they can or as I can. Oh, I don't know if that helped too many people. I just had to stay here and I had to have, so I, I wanted to talk about this and I could get so much deeper, but we're only on episode two. So we'll come back to this, but um, yeah, I hope you guys have a great day. I hope, I hope I didn't waste your time today, but we'll come back and we'll have episode three on What day is this Sunday? So probably on Wednesday.